Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. As you're being seated, if you'll turn with me this morning over to the book of Luke. We're going to look in Luke this morning at what the Spirit is saying, I, I believe, is saying to each of us. And so I just want to ask if you would to turn over to the book of Luke as we dive in. Um, Sharonda, thank you for such a powerful, powerful prayer. Um, I think you gave us a great message as a body um, there as you prayed, uh, help us be holy, hungry, and humble. So if you don't preach that message someday, I'm going to preach that message, all right? Uh, that's something we all have to be. We have to be holy. We ha- he's, that's the call that he's given to us. We have to be humble and we have to remain hungry for the things of God. And one of the things that I think that we have to be hungry for are the things that God has specifically asked each of us to do as individuals and as a body of believers. And one of the things that God has asked us as a congregation to do, I'm going to say it every week for the rest of the year. We're only, what, five, six, seven, eight weeks in, so we, for you mathematicians, if, if you want to figure that out, however many weeks we, we are left, what, what, 44 weeks, I think, left in the year or something like that? No, that's wrong, right? I don't know. Anyway, you can figure that out. I can't do math that quick on the fly. I usually can, but not this morning. Uh, I'll remind you every single week for the rest of this year that what I believe God has called us to do as a congregation is to not only come in discovering Jesus, but truly fulfill our mission statement in sharing his love. And so you see behind us every, every week, um, the first part of what we do here in this place is discover Jesus, discovering what God has for us. And there are just about 50 hearts that are on there this morning. And so we celebrate that, that in the past month, uh, we have walked in sharing his love with about 50 people. And so as you live your faith throughout the week, and as you share his love, the things that you have discovered about Jesus to others, what we ask you to do when you come in on Sunday morning, just grab one of the hearts that are out in the lobby and write that person's name on that heart. You can drop it off in one of the black boxes as you're leaving or as you're out in the lobby. And what we do each week is we take these hearts, we don't just add a tally mark because it's not about tally marks, it's about people actually discovering Jesus as we are obedient and sharing his love. So we pray over these names. It's not just a paper heart. It is actually a soul that's going to spend an eternity somewhere. And our burden is for this community so that as we share his love, they will discover Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you to be obedient to what God has called us to as a congregation throughout the week in sharing his love with our community. Uh, If you've got a Bible this morning, if you'll turn with me over to Luke chapter 11, we're going to take a look this morning at uh, actually the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when Jesus was actually first launching his ministry. So if we were to go back and take a look at what's happened so far in Jesus' life, he's about 30 or so years old right now, and he has spent um, the early part of his life not in ministry. 
God was preparing him for this time. Jesus uh, began by spending some time in the desert after his baptism. There, the enemy tempted him for 40 days and, and nights. And in this, Jesus has just come out of, of this tempting. He spent time, intense time with the Father. And now he's beginning his ministry. He's already performed, if you're taking a look at Luke, he's already performed a miracle. He's taken authority over evil spirits. And he's dro he drove those evil spirits out. And then as he's beginning his ministry here, what Jesus is doing is beginning to call his disciples, what we would say are the 12 disciples. In Luke chapter, in Luke chapter um, 5, Jesus is just beginning this launch of his ministry. Verse 1, it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or that is the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got onto one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the other boat to come up and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up onto shore and left everything and followed him. We're in the middle, what I think is the middle of our sermon series, our spiritual DNA. And what I believe that's important for us, White Chapel, to spend a few weeks looking at what it means at the core of who we are in relationship with Jesus Christ. Over the past several weeks, we've gone through a number of different things, but in each one of those messages that we've looked at, and in each one of the scripture passages that we've looked at, the one recurring thing that we see over and over and spent all of last week talking about is the importance of hearing God's voice. And one thing that we said last week is if you, in relationship with Jesus Christ, do not clearly walk in his presence and hear his voice, it will always stunt your relationship with him. It is vital that you hear the voice of God. And what we see happening here in Luke chapter 5 was Jesus in the flesh speaking directly to what would be his first disciples and the crowd that had gathered around him. So just as we are in the flesh here this morning, and as I am speaking now to you, and you were able to hear my voice, so were these gathered around Jesus able to clearly hear his voice on that day. But it's interesting to me that whenever Jesus is first launching his public ministry, and he is set out upon this course that God has ordained for him, he gathers his initial disciples and we see two things playing out here. Jesus speaking, 
and those that are hearing actually responding to Jesus. So it's not just Jesus doing all of the talking in this. But we see as Jesus has given Peter some commands here, Peter obeys those commands. So what did Peter do here? As Jesus said, I want to get, after Jesus got on the boat, he said, I want to go out into the deep a little bit more. Imagine what it was like for Peter. The day was already finished. They were already wrapping up and did not have a successful day. They were cleaning their nets and probably get ready to go, get, getting ready to go back to their own homes in defeat because they had not had a, a successful day. And so here comes this man that they weren't familiar with. There were some people actually following Jesus. He gets on to Simon Peter's boat and he says, I want to go out just a little bit further. Peter, tired. Peter, ready to go home and rest for the day. Peter, ready to call it quits, if you will. Man gets on his boat and says, let's go out a little bit further. You see, what happened was Jesus spoke and Peter responded. Jesus, at the launch of his public ministry, is giving us the example in Peter that we have to have in relationship with him. As Jesus speaks, Peter acts. So too it is true for us in relationship with Jesus Christ. When God speaks, it is always a call to action. Amen, Pastor Michael. That is a great word. If you're not going to say it, then I'll say it. When Jesus speaks, it is always a call to action. All right? There. God in the flesh gave Peter a number of commands here. He wanted to go out a little further. Sure, Peter was tired, but God was ready to use him. Sure, Peter was ready to give up, but God had great plans for Peter. And Peter obeyed by taking him out just a little ways into the water. And then when they got into the water, just a little ways out from the crowd, and Jesus was able to have some conversation with him, Jesus went a little bit further after he had given this great sermon. And in verse 4 it says, He said to Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for catch. Now think about this. They didn't have twin 225 motors on the back of the boat back then. Peter had to gather the oars. And Peter had to row out into the deep after he had already been out into the deep and didn't catch a whole lot of fish. But Jesus gave a command. And a command from God always demands action. And what did Peter do in verse 5? Listen to this. I'll, I'll put this verse up on the screen for you here. In Luke chapter 5, verse 5, this is what is written. Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Listen to this part. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. Here was a crisis for Peter. Peter had problems in verse 4. Because Jesus said, this is what you need to do, Peter. And here in verse 5, Peter is wrestling this out. In his voice, he said, we worked hard all night. We caught nothing. You can almost hear the exhaustion in Peter's voice. But listen to what Peter says. But, 
I will do as you say. The command, the voice of God, always, always is a call to action. That action on our part, hear me, must be in obedience. A lot of times in our walk with God, we hunger for hearing Him. We just want to hear, God, if I could just hear what it is that you want to say to me. And we wrestle with this, and we talk a lot about hearing the voice of God. But after you hear God speak, it is vital that you walk in obedience. You can't just spend all of your time listening to God. You have to listen and then go and walk in obedience and in action of doing what God tells you to do. If you've ever been a parent, you know exactly what this is like, right? You wrestle with your kids. Didn't I tell you, every parent probably has said multiple times, didn't I tell you to do this? I asked you to do this, or I wanted you to do this. And listen, here's what we find as parents. We tell our kids something, and they probably, more often than not sometimes, choose not to do that. And then they come back, and they're like, oh, it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to work. And they're all in, in craziness, and it seems like their world is crashing. And, and there's a place where, well, didn't I say? Can you imagine what would have happened here in verse 5 as Peter was wrestling this out with Jesus? We worked all night. We were already at the place of cleaning out our nets. And what would have happened if Peter would have then said, I can't go back and do that because I don't have enough strength in my body. Where would this story have potentially gone? What we get to the end, and this isn't, one of, this isn't the only command that Peter obeyed here. There were several commands that actually happened here, and we'll look at those in just a minute. But what would have happened when we got to the end of this passage, and we're looking at verse 9, 10, and 11, and the crowds were amazed at the multitude of fish that were called in, and the boats that had to go out and actually help Peter bring in all of the fish, because the multitude of fish were breaking the nets there was so much. What Jesus was doing is showing, what it, showing us what it is like to walk in obedience to his word, not only the hearing part, but the action and obedience part. It's great that at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, that this is the story, the, the actual record of events that was given to us in how we should actually live our life with Jesus Christ. Hearing is the first step. Action and obedience are the next steps. So I want to ask you this morning, what have you heard from God in your walk with Him? As we've talked a lot about hearing the voice of God, and as you've gathered in this sanctuary or in other churches throughout your walk with Jesus Christ, and as you have sensed, as you've lived your life in relationship with Him, you've sensed what it was and been able to discern the things that He's saying to you. What are some things that God has said to you that you've only left with the hearing part and you've not moved to the action and obedience? Listen, we must 
go back in our, into our walk with Jesus Christ and ask the Holy Spirit to examine us for those things that we have missed or sinned in not moving to action and obedience with Jesus Christ. It's not only that way for us as individuals in relationship with Christ, but it is also that way for us corporately as a body, as White Chapel Church, to examine those things. Because here's what I have discovered in my walk with Jesus Christ. God will never tell you the next thing until you are acting and walking in obedience in the last thing. And He will always keep you in the last thing because it leads to the next thing. And we're all worried about the next thing when what He is asking us to do is to walk in obedience in the last thing. Because the last thing brings the next thing. It's just like the building of these walls here. You don't get to the bricks at the top until you have laid the bricks at the bottom. And what Jesus is saying to us, Whitechapel Church, is that we have to make sure that we are being obedient in the bricks on the bottom before we start getting the bricks added on the top. What has God said to you? Where He expects His obedience. This is why I stress so much the importance of writing down the things that God says to you. Because I know how my, my brain works. My brain doesn't shut off. It moves on constantly to the next thing. That, that's just my default in my, in my body and in my brain. I'm thinking about the next thing, and I'm thinking about the next thing, and I want to worry about the next thing. But what God has forced me to do is to go back time and time again and look at the last thing that He told me to, to make, told me to do to make sure that the next thing isn't getting, a, getting in the way of my obedience in this thing that He spoke to me. You can call it journaling. You can call it writing down what God says. You call it whatever you want to call it. But if the God who spoke the universe into existence says something to you, you probably ought to write it down to make sure that you're not only in the hearing part, but that you are ready to go to the next part, which is action and obedience. It's not just about hearing. It's not just about the voice of God. It is always about our obedience. Now, when we hear God speak to us, what happens is it requires some adjustments in our life. What we see in Luke chapter 5 is Peter making adjustment after adjustment after adjustment. He was done for the day, ready to go home. Jesus wanted to go out into the boat. So what did he do? He made an adjustment in his plan, and he took Jesus out so Jesus could deliver a message. After Jesus was finished speaking, what we find is that Jesus had more for Peter. Because Peter was obedient in the last thing, then Jesus told him the next thing. He was obedient in taking Jesus out a little ways. The next thing was, I want to go out into the deep. What happened? Verse 5, Peter went out just a little bit further. He was tired was ready to quit. We've been out all night. But Peter was obedient in the next thing. And then, whenever they get out into the deep, then Jesus has the next thing for Peter. Peter was obedient in one. 
He was obedient in two, and now we're at step three. Peter was obedient. Jesus said, I want you to drop down the nets. Peter had already dropped down the nets. It did not make any sense to drop down the nets. But Peter was obedient in step three, and so he dropped down the nets. Do you see the pattern here? God speaks. Peter's moved to action. He makes the adjustments that he needs to make. And then he walks in obedience. When he's walking in obedience, then what happens? God speaks. He moves, he's moved to action. He makes the adjustments. And then he's living in obedience. And then what happens? Jesus moves on to the next thing. Some of us are stuck and walking around so self-centered because we've heard the voice of God. We've missed the next steps, which is action and obedience. And we're, looking, we're walking around thinking, I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God. But Peter didn't do that. He said, because you said it, I'm going to do it. And some of us need to start living Luke 5, 5 in our own lives. Because you said it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It blows my mind, and it's certainly something that I would come up with on my own. But because you said it, God, then I'm going to do it. We can't be so self-centered after hearing the voice of God that we miss the will of God. Because that's when you're walking on thin ice. And that's when you're walking in a place where you are in total disobedience. But yet you think you're this champion of the faith because you've heard the voice of God. Hearing is only one step that leads to action that leads to obedience. It always requires adjustments. And yes, those adjustments are hard sometimes. But Peter was focusing even in the insig- what might seem like an insignificant decision. It's important, and it is a great lesson for us, in what it means to walk in obedience. And look here at the end, at the end of this chapter here. I'm sorry, at the end of this section that we read. Look at verse number 9. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Do you see what happened when Peter walked in obedience? It says that Peter and all of his companions, everybody was amazed at what happened. Well, why were they amazed? Because Peter was obedient. Because Peter was obedient. Had Peter been disobedient... Had Peter just walked around saying, hey, I've heard the voice of God. Had Peter just walked around saying, hey, God speaks to me. Look at the relationship that I've... It it would have never led to this astonishment in Luke 5, 9. But the people were amazed at what God had spoken because Peter moved to action and that action was walking in obedience. You have to move in your walk with Christ from not only hearing God to being faithful, faithfully moved to action so that you are being obedient. It all happened by hearing Jesus. And that's why we talk so often in this place about the significance, the importance of hearing the voice of God. But we can't stop with the hearing. It has to move us into action and then move us into walking in obedience. 
Pastor Jordan and Lucy, would you come up uh, right quick uh, with me, please? Pastor Jordan, we've got this amazing piano over here, and I want you to, for just a moment, uh, come around on this side, and I want you to play that thing as loud as you can play that thing, within reason. Yeah. And then, Lucy, I, I want you to stand here for just a minute. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say something to Lucy in a whisper while Pastor Jordan is playing this piano as loud as he can play this piano within reason. All right. She wasn't able to hear what I whispered to her because of all of the noise that was coming from the piano. Now let's go over here, and let's try this over here. And I want you to stand, stand right here, and then Pastor Jordan, go, go right ahead. All right. Good, you did it. I, I, I said she needs to smile. And she smiled. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You did a fabulous job. That was a great C chord that you played. I wanted to show you just quickly before we move on to get past the hearing part of this, what the enemy will always do. He will always, and we've, we talked about this a few weeks ago, he will always bring noise that will distract us not only from the hearing part of God's voice, but the purpose of the noise is to cause us to not get to the place of obedience in our walk with him. How does he do that? By stopping us from hearing the voice of God. You have to be very, very careful that you are in a place everywhere in life that you have removed the noise so that you can hear the voice of God. Because unless you hear the voice of God, you can't walk in obedience because you've not got direction from God himself. Now, absolutely, God has given us his word. God speaks to us through his word. But there is even noise in our life that will cause us to miss what he said to us in this. And we can sit and read it, and we can go right through it. And we'll miss the things that God says to us through his word, and in sitting with him, and processing things with him, if we allow outside noise to come in and separate us from hearing the voice of God. But you have to know that what the enemy is doing is blocking you from walking in obedience. Even when we answer the question, God, what are the areas in my life in the past where I've been disobedient to you and we're trying to get back into a course correction in life? The enemy will bring the noise in to stop us from hearing the voice of God so that he will, his attempt is to prevent us walking in obedience with God. You just have to be aware of that. That there is always a block from the enemy in your relationship with God. And so you need to start asking the Holy Spirit to give you some discernment of what is causing noise in your life. And then when God speaks to you about the noise that is trying to block you from hearing God, you've got to respond to that, be moved to action so that you're able to walk in obedience. So if Lucy was standing over here and she said, God, I can't hear what it is that you're saying to me. What is, it that I need to, what is it that I need to remove from my life? And God says, you've got to get rid of the piano. Then what Lucy has to do is make some adjustments in her life. That is a call of God moving her into obedience. 
So it's not just asking the question. It's waiting for the answer from God so that you can do the things that He asks you to do. Because again, He will not move you into the next thing until you've been faithful and obedient in the last thing. It's important. It's important that you not only hear God, but you walk in obedience. Hearing is just step one. This next verse that I want to share with you is from John chapter 14. Jesus, if we were to fast forward just a little bit in the scripture, Jesus is giving in these two verses from John chapter 14 some actual steps for us. These are Jesus' words recorded by John. Jesus said, If you love me, I think if we were to go around this room this morning, and we were to ask you, raise your hand if you love Jesus. You don't have to do that. But if, you, if we, some of you are just so faithful, I could say stand up and jump over the chair. And you would just jump over the chair, right? That was funny. Be, don't be so lighthearted. My bad sense of humor. You don't have to raise your hand. But if we were to ask you, raise your hand if you love Jesus. Almost every one of you in this room would say you love Jesus. But Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. You see, he wasn't only focused on the love part, but he said it is your love that's going to compel you to keep his commands. In verse 24, he said, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. What Jesus is saying is, it's not just the hearing part, it is putting it to action and walking in obedience is where you must remain in your walk with him. And so we can't just focus on God, I love you, God, I love you, and God, I love you, and think that our walk with Him is all sunshine and roses. It causes us to have a course correction in our life that sometimes is difficult, because it was difficult for Peter in Luke chapter 5. It was hard after a night's work where he was not successful, he was give out, and he was ready to go home and rest. But because Jesus spoke, and because he instantly had this connection with Messiah, he was moved into walking in obedience. And Jesus has recorded this passage of Scripture for us so that we are able to follow the example that happened in Peter here. It's not just if you love me, but it is the keeping my commands part that is vital for your growth in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus' own words were, if you love me, keep my commands. When he gives you a command, it is not the opportunity to debate it. It is not the opportunity to wrestle with it. It is the opportunity for you to move forward in total obedience to God Almighty. So what is it that God has spoken to you? What is it that you may have been wrestling with in your own life where you're thinking, man, I don't know if I've got to do that. I I, I don't know if I can do that. I I don't know if this is right for me, and I've got to spend some more time going. uh, And you're just wrestling with it, and what's happened is you've allowed the enemy to totally beat you up with what you once knew was God speaking directly to you. Some of us, may have been walking with God for decades. And yet if we were to allow the Holy Spirit to go into our past and to examine our decades-long walk with Him, 
And we were to ask, God, what is it? What is it that you have spoken to me that I have clearly heard, but I've not moved to the next steps, which were action and walking into obedience? That's important for us this morning. It's not only important for us as a congregation. It's important for every single one of us. And I believe that God, I believe with every ounce of my being, that God has you here this morning or God has you watching this morning. Because He wants the Holy Spirit to work in your life, in your surrender to Him this morning, and specifically asking the question, what is it, God, that you have spoken to me that has not moved me into action and walking in obedience? It's not just hearing. It's not just hearing. It's always moving to the next step. Here's what I love about God, though. This is what I love about walking in relationship with God. And hear me, you don't have to be perfect in your walk with God. Only He's perfect And there are going to be times that every single one of us miss it sometimes. Every single one of us will miss it sometimes. But it's in those moments that we have the opportunity to be like Jonah. Do you remember what happened to Jonah? God spoke clearly to Jonah. And he gave him a specific assignment that was directly for Jonah to accomplish. We know that a part of that assignment was going to Nineveh to preach the good news. To preach that they were all living in sin away from relationship with God. And God said, Jonah, I want you to go do this. It would be great if what we saw in Jonah's, uh, in, the, in, in the book of Jonah, is immediately Jonah went. But we know that Jonah didn't do that. Jonah didn't go immediately. So what happened was Jonah walked in disobedience. He heard God's voice. But he wasn't moved to action, and then he wasn't moved to walking in obedience. He was disobedient and found himself in a big mess. But in Jonah chapter 3, what we find is an amazing passage of Scripture. Adrian, would you put that passage up for me, please? In Jonah chapter 3, verse 3, the first part of that verse, this is the second try from Jonah. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Why did Jonah in this part obey? Because Jonah served the God Almighty that we serve. Jonah heard the voice of God. He was disobedient. God gave Jonah a second chance, and then he walked in obedience. After hearing the voice of God, And then discovering what disobedience brought. He said, I don't want this anymore. God allowed him to experience life outside of the blessing of God. So that it stirred in him a hunger for the blessing of God. And what it meant to walk in obedience to the word of God. So Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. And over a hundred thousand people walked in relationship with God. Because God is a God of second chances. And if you, in hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning, discover that there are things in your past where you have been disobedient, where you've clearly heard the voice of God, and you, like Jonah, were disobedient, I want you to hear me this morning. 
that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is a God of second chances. And He's waiting for you to come back so that He can reveal to you what it means to walk in obedience to Him. God is a God of second chances. And this morning, He wants to speak to you again. He wants you to remove the noise from your life so that you are able to hear and discern His voice. So then, in hearing His voice, it moves you to the next step, which is an action, some adjustments in your life, so that then you can discover the blessing of walking in obedience to God. And you know what? We not only ask that in our own lives, but we get to ask that as a body of believers together. And isn't that amazing? That God not only loves us so much individually, just us, that he gives us a second chance, but when we come together as Whitechapel Church, we get the beauty of gathering together to say, God, what is it that you've asked us to do together? Not only on my own, not only in living out my faith every day where in the places that you've planted me, but what is it that you're saying to us that we may have missed in the past that you are bringing back up inside of us so that in hearing your voice again, we are moved to action and then get to walk in obedience to you. That's the privilege and blessing of God. And that's what I believe that he's not only doing in each one of us, but he's doing in every single one of us. Or he's, he's not only doing in every single one of us, but he's doing in us together as a body of believers that's Whitechapel Church. God is waiting for your yes to move you to obedience. That's what happened to Peter in Luke chapter 5. When God came, despite how hard it was, Despite how uncomfortable it was, and despite how much time it cost him, Peter was moved to a yes. He was moved to action. He was moved to obedience. And then we eventually see God, before he was, before he was ready to ascend, God spoke to Peter. And he said, you're Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Do you know the significance of the yes from Peter in Luke chapter 5? It led to Jesus Christ saying, yeah, that's the man that I'm going to build my church on. That's the man that I'm going to use, despite the mess that Peter had in the past. And, and Peter said it. He said, please depart from me, God. I am such a sinner. Despite the, all of the junk and the disobedience and the mess that Peter had lived in, when he was confronted from God, he said yes, and he, he was moved to obedience, and God used him mightily. So I ask you again, what has God spoken to you in the past? that you haven't walked in obedience in? What has God been stirring inside of you this morning that he's saying, hey, I want you to come, I want you to come and be moved to action, and I want you to walk in obedience? 
What has the Holy Spirit brought to your mind this morning? That he's not going to leave your mind until you are moved to action and walking in obedience. This morning has to be a moment of surrender because obedience is your moment of truth. And obedience is what God is stirring in you this morning so that he and your availability to him can use you in a mighty and powerful way. Turn over to Luke chapter 6 with me, just, just right quick. You don't have to if you don't want to. I just want to read this to you. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. And do you see again, this is just, just a chapter later, do you see again the pattern that Jesus is giving here? He says, who hears my word, and then what does he says? Puts them into practice. Jesus didn't say, the man who just hears my words, I'm going to show you what he's like. But Jesus said, come, come, and let me show you about the person who hears my words and puts them into action. What Jesus is saying, I'm going to tell you guys about the person that hears me and is moved to action, which then leads you to walking in obedience. He said, he's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house and could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. What Jesus is saying to us here, as he's just moved from the calling of his disciples, and he's just begun his ministry, and he's preaching to people, listen, I'm going to tell you some things. And in telling you some things, as you hear them, you have to put them into practice. Because if you put them into practice, then you have built a house with a foundation on the word of God that is so strong when the storms of life come, your house, your spiritual house, is not going to be destroyed. But yet some of us are standing in the hearing of God's voice. Whenever we only stand in the hearing of God's voice, Jesus said, when the storms of life come, it's going to wipe us out and it's going to destroy us because we've never moved from hearing God into the action part, which leads us to obedience to him. We're standing over here in the hearing part and we think, oh man, I'm just so great. I've heard the voice of God. But Jesus says there is more and it's always action, which leads to obedience. So what is God speaking to you? What has God spoke to you this morning or in your past that he's saying, I'm ready, today is the day. Obedience is where I am calling you to today. What is God saying to you that you cannot move out of your soul, that you have to revisit on this 21st day of, 2020, of February of 2021, that moves you, that moves you because you're sick and tired of no foundation, and when the storms of life itself come, you're standing in the destruction, and you're scratching your head, and you're wondering why. It's because you have never been moved to action and walk in obedience to him. This morning, 
This morning is your second or third or fourth chance. And the Spirit of God is saying to you this morning, I love you so much, I'm not leaving you where you were at. I am moving you to a place of blessing which is always in obedience to the things that God has spoken. What is God saying to you today? That He is ready to move you on to the next thing so that your foundation is so strong that it does not matter about the storms the enemy throwing at you. You are walking in obedience and nothing the enemy throws will destroy your relationship with God. It's moving from hearing into action and making those adjustments that we have to make in life so that you are standing under the blessing of obedience to God Almighty. I wholeheartedly believe that God's been speaking to each one of us this morning. I wholeheartedly believe it. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.